bless you. May those things that we think about please you as we hear your word. May the Holy Spirit have liberty to speak clearly to us as we look at your word. May those things that we get to share, may those words please you and honor you because they are your truth and your truth never fails and never changes. And may, above all, may we be illuminated to know what we did not know sooner or earlier. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's time for us to grow and to go higher. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. We have limited God to our own experiences. When I was born again as a boy of about seven years of age, my goodness, it was such a powerful moment in my young life. I thought I have reached the top of spiritual experience. Tears rolling down my face, feeling like I'd never felt before until I encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I thought I'd reached the top of my spiritual experience again. And then I came to know I'd just begun the journey. There's more. There's always more. But we easily grow content and fail to reach for more, and hence we limit God. And we might even ask God, give me a double portion. Even then, we have placed a limit on God when we've tried to box in how, or frame in what it is we're expecting. See, Jesus knew the power and had the power of the Holy Spirit. God gives him, Jesus, the Spirit without limit. Unlimited power was available in the life of Jesus. He had all authority and all power. Then Jesus gave you and me this promise. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. You're going to get to multiply this more and more and more. Jesus says to you, you will have more. And Jesus wanted to share more with his disciples but, of course, was limited by his time here and by the fact that he was in a body here, earthly body. But watch what he says. I have still many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or to take them upon you or grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. We've come to the place in the church today in America, our Western culture, where we're going to hear the voice of God clearly again. The muddy waters are distilling. And watch, God does not speak to a mixture. God does not speak to people who have mixed what should not have been mixed. He speaks to people who have purified and sanctified their hearts. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. They refused to mix with the culture. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Many live today in mixture, allowing stuff to come into our lives which happen to be unholy in his sight. The result, we cannot hear clearly when God is speaking because it gets mixed with what we want and what we hear. Discernment thereby becomes clouded. The church today is going through a purification. 
And believe me, all over the world, the church is becoming purified. God is separating his sheep from the goats, a remnant out of pollution. One group is teaching, I don't want that gospel because it offends when you use the word sin. I don't want the blood because it offends me to hear that there has to be bloodshed in order to appease God. When you walk away from the truth that's spoken in love by God, when you abandon the blood of Jesus, when you avoid the truth for fear of offense or because of political correctness, you're being polluted by the culture. Those who walk away from the purity of the word have come into mixture. And the teaching out of that mixture is no one's really going to go to hell. God loves everybody no matter what, and all are going to go to heaven. The mercy of God is shared, but the justice of God is avoided. God's love and his justice are equal. He loves all but his justice will be served. Say, God is holy. In holiness, there are blessings. There is also righteousness. When we turn on the lights in our auditorium, the lights judge the darkness. Because where there is light, there is judgment. One of the works of the Holy Spirit is to bring to us conviction and judgment of sin and righteousness and judgment. He convicts us. So it was pitch dark before we even got in here, but the lights came on and drove out the dark. Light judged darkness. Holiness judges sin. When you remove the justice of God, you disrobe him of his holiness. When we say, God, you're holy, we're declaring that about his whole being. Holiness is who God is. It's not what he acquired. It's his character. God is mercy. God is light. God is love. God is holy. It's who he is. If I take away from the Lord one of his characteristics. Now Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God revealed his character to Moses. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, speaking, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. God was showing him his mercy, his character, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. Notice the balance in God's character. Merciful, just. Because God is merciful does not mean the guilty will escape. When when some seek not to disclose truth to people to gain the favor with those who have itching ears, it compromises God's word. They attempt to make God over in their own image in the way they want to perceive God. Now we have a God who not only loves people, he also loves their sin. We must be careful to not preach a gospel that is not the gospel. 
Even if we, Paul wrote, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. The Holy Spirit is directing God's people back to his word. I want the pure word of God. I am tired of skim milk. I want the truth. I want God's word. And we must not compromise. We will preach the gospel here. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? The word of God is very clear. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit guides into truth, not into error. Followers of Jesus do not accept junk food. And the truth is, truth is only revealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is separating us and gathering us to Jesus. There's a gathering going on around the world right now. And there are those who don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear just simply this. God loves you just the way you are. No challenge to change. Embrace some of the truth, but not all of it. God loves you. You're fine. You're going to go to heaven Just continue in your ways. But Jesus said, go and sin no more. There's a heaven, there's a hell. And some do not want to mention hell in their preaching. Hell is a biblical truth. There is a hell. There is a devil. There is a kingdom called darkness. There is a kingdom called light. Light and darkness do not mix. But as for me and my house... We will serve, say it, the Lord. The church is hearing the truth afresh. And when we hear that voice, there will be a new atmosphere in your life. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you recall the last time the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Do you remember the last time the presence of God wrapped around your life and embraced you and blessed your life? People are experiencing that again. So we need to reintroduce the Holy Spirit to the church. How can we have ministry without him? It's a fellowship we have with the Holy Spirit. Daily, if we remain in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we will never fall into heresy. We may stumble, but he is our autocorrect. And he will correct. Some of the newer automobiles have autocorrect for their steering. And it's engaged, and it's reading the lines where you're driving. And if you start drifting over too close to the lines, that steering wheel starts jiggling and wiggling and reminding you, you need to watch where you're going, okay? That's what the Holy Spirit does. It says, watch where you're going. You're heading in the wrong direction. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Nothing happens until after or when the Holy Spirit has arrived. And with all I've experienced, I still hunger for more of him. We cannot limit the Holy Spirit and his power just to the early church. He is limitless. He belongs to the whole church. And only one can say, my church, his name is Jesus. So his people exist everywhere. Jesus promised his church power. He said, this power will arrive when the Holy Spirit is present. 
Notice his name is holy. The only one called by that name is him. He's a person. You can't afford to live without him. He's the life bringer, truth bearer. I've got reverence way too much for him to play church games with the Holy Spirit. Nor will I allow him to be mocked. And when you insult him, he's wounded by our speech and our attitudes. But be reminded we're dealing with a person, not an influence, but a real person. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit is, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit possesses intellect. He's got all knowledge. He has a personality. He has a a mind beyond our comprehension. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, separate in responsibilities, yet one. But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. He knows because he is. The Holy Spirit knows the heart of God better than any other being. The Holy Spirit knows the depths of God, and it's his joy to reveal that to us if you remain clean enough to receive it. And the Holy Spirit is the only one capable of searching the depths of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, that's the culture, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Say he knows. He possesses all knowledge. He has mind and intellect. He has a will. And the Holy Spirit is so faithful, Jesus surrendered to him as he took on the form of a man. Jesus trusted him for conception, for illumination, for direction, for power to raise him from the dead. And during his earthly ministry, Jesus was totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit had not anointed Jesus... Jesus would have not been able to finish the task he was assigned. If the Holy Spirit had not raised Jesus from the dead, his body would still be in Joseph's tomb. Do you remember how Jesus offered himself to the Father? How was he able to make this sacrifice? We wonder about it. We question how in the world. Listen, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? That's how he did it. Jesus was enabled to do what he did for humanity because of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Jesus gave himself through the Holy Spirit. He was on schedule when he was baptized by John at the River Jordan. He kept his promise. And the Holy Spirit arrived to empower Jesus right on time. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him. My goodness. Jesus was now being directed by the Holy Spirit because it says then the Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. There Jesus was tested for 40 days 
And the Holy Spirit, after the testing, brought Jesus back out of the temptations of Satan, let him successfully defeat the devil, then brought him back into the synagogue with power, it says, anointing Jesus to preach the gospel. Miracles were performed. The sick were healed. The dead were raised, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Demons were expelled from people by the power of the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus have authority over devils? If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Calvary, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how about you? If Jesus was dependent upon him, how about us? If Jesus trusted the Holy Spirit, shall we not? He is faithful. Say, he is faithful. So faithful to Jesus, he did not fail Jesus one time. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The Holy Spirit decides what gifts come to the body of Christ and to whom. The Father has given oversight of the church while on earth, and the oversight belongs in the hands of the Holy Spirit. God the Father so loved humanity that he gave his Son. Jesus came to earth and did the will of the Father. The Spirit of God is the one who reveals the work of Christ Jesus into the hearts of men. The Holy Spirit makes real the work done for us at the cross. The Father said it, Jesus did it, and the Holy Spirit reveals it. Without the Holy Spirit, we would never know. Christianity wouldn't have survived a second after Jesus was crucified without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the great revealer. See, Christianity is a revelation. It's not a religion. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And who's the great revealer? The Holy Spirit. We would not know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. We would not have a Bible had not the Holy Spirit revealed the truth to his prophets. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit possesses emotions. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now watch this. Because what comes out of here is what's been in here. But what is good for necessary edification, building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers, And then in the same context, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So what grieves the Holy Spirit, the things people say and the things that they're thinking and ready to say. Be careful what you say. The Holy Spirit can be wounded by our speech. He's extremely sensitive. I want to reacquaint you, the church, with the Holy Spirit the one who will use you for without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do a thing. We can't educate people into the ministry, although that's seemingly what some have thought we can now do because we've got this Pentecostal malaise that we've kind of fallen into over the last 30 to 40 years, and we think now we can educate people to do the work of the ministry. The best way I can direct you is by introducing you to the one who can use you and reveal truth to you and work through your life, that's the one you have to be most dependent upon. 
And now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. So I've been taught as a boy, Jesus loves me. I remember learning the song and singing with all my classmates in our kids' services when I was a child. But I can't recall in all the years that I was brought up in the church, anybody taught me that the Holy Spirit loves me, but he does. So say, Jesus loves me, this I know. And say, the Holy Spirit loves me, this I know too. The Holy Spirit loves you. And Paul prayed that you might know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit daily. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What a great prayer. Amen? Wow, the grace of the Lord. Jesus walked in that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The apostles walked in that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The early church walked in that fellowship we are also to walk in that same fellowship. Paul was praying for us in that prayer. How many of you need God's love every day? Love of God. How many of you need the grace of Jesus every day? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you need his love and his grace, but we also need his fellowship? Communion is what keeps your spirit man alive. Say communion. The word communion means Comradeship, fellowship, walking with him, participation with him. That's what Jesus said would happen. And the term fellowship is explained by Jesus thoroughly in John 14, 15, and 16, where Jesus explains some of the ministry aspects of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest secret for overcoming in this life for every follower of Jesus. The secret to power, the secret to victory, the secret to overcoming sin and devils. How many want to be an overcomer? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty exists where the Holy Spirit is present. So if, if you desire liberty, don't just seek liberty. Seek the Holy Spirit. In his presence, we are liberated. So God the Father is a person because he said to Moses, speaking to him in an audible voice, No man can see my face and live. I will show you my back. He has form. There's something to see. He does sit on a throne, the scripture says. Stephen said, I saw the glory of God and Jesus seated at the Father's right hand. Daniel saw God seated on a throne of fire that was mobile. Moses with the 70 elders saw God. And by the way, God wrote the law with his finger. So God has some movement and obvious digits that he uses. Jesus said, the pure in heart shall see God. Jesus, God the Son, is a person. He has a body. He rose from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. You can still see the nail prints in his hands. His eyes are like fire. His hair hair like wool. His countenance shines brighter than the sun at noonday. Jesus has a voice. And when John the apostle heard the voice of Jesus, he said, I fell at his feet like a dead man. One day we will see Jesus face to face. 
God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. What does he look like? The Word of God tells us very little in answer to that question. But the Word says John the Apostle saw the Holy Spirit as a flame of fire before the throne of God. John the Baptist saw him in the form of a dove. These are symbols of his personality. He is symbolized in Scripture as fire and water and wind and oil. We do know he is not without form. He is infinite. And the Holy Spirit is the power of the Godhead. Without him, the Father will not speak. He is the power of God the Father and the power of God the Son. The Holy Spirit is almighty. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Say, he is the power of God. Now, we often think less of him than the Father and the Son because he's mentioned in third place. No, he's only listed in third place because of his work. He is equal to the Father and the Son. He is the one who reveals. He is the one who manifests. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Now, God the Father spoke the word. God the Son became the Word. God the Holy Spirit reveals the Word. God the Father said, let us make man. It was Jesus who formed clay into human form, into a body, human body. It was the Holy Spirit who breathed into that body and it lived. God the Father said, let us make man. But it was Jesus because by him all things were made. Say all things. The word of God, Jesus, shaped man out of the clay. It was the Holy Spirit who turned the mud into flesh and blood. And if he can turn mud into flesh, what can he do with you today? We need his power to come upon us once again. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, asked the angel, how shall this be? When he said, you're going to conceive the Messiah Gabriel answered this question of Mary and said, the power of the highest shall come upon you. The Holy Spirit is the power of the highest. And the Holy Spirit took the Son and made him come alive in the womb of Mary. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The child of the Holy Spirit. What power is this? Who compares to this power? Does anybody have that ability? Well, I kind of thought Jesus kind of did. No, no, no. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who took God and manifest him to us in human form? The Holy Spirit. He has all power. So be reintroduced to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is perfect. He does not cause fanaticism. Sometimes we get pretty wound up in our emotions in response to his presence. And there's nothing wrong with our emotions being involved in our worship. But he does not cause us to become fanatical and start doing and saying and and stating things that God in his word cannot and does not confirm. He does not cause manifestations of flesh to be on display He wants his manifestation to reveal Jesus on display. 
fleshly manifestations are the result of his absence, not his presence. We need presence, not performance. And when the Holy Spirit left Samson, remember what he did? Samson shook himself as of old. He tried in the flesh. When the Holy Spirit is no longer doing the shaking, the shaking can get a little ugly. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. It's grieving and disrespectful to get into the flesh and then try to act like it's the Holy Spirit. Now we're responding to some music and our emotions get stirred and our feet get happy and we clap and and that's our natural response to good worship music and every culture does that. The Jews are phenomenal at that. When you go to Israel and you watch the Hebrews sing some of the great old songs and they put their hands on each other's shoulders and form a circle and they begin to dance and rejoice and give thanks. That's, that's humanity expressing its thanksgiving, right? But don't be disrespectful by doing something in the flesh and then trying to say, it's the Holy Spirit making me do this. Okay. And not just physically, but some of these, well, God told me, that's why I'm doing this. If God's not going to tell you to do anything that he hasn't already shown us is true in his word, right? And we do not interrupt the Holy Spirit anointed worship with fleshly manifestations or ill-timed expressions because the Holy Spirit does everything decently and in order. And the reason that's in the scripture is because Paul knew, but more importantly, the Holy Spirit knew that sometimes we get beyond ourselves emotionally and we can get a little out of order in some of our expressions. And we need to be in the order of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would be with us forever. His abiding presence is ours eternally. We'll be filled with the Holy Spirit forever. The Holy Spirit is the omnipresence of Jesus. So Jesus sits on his throne, but the Holy Spirit, he's everywhere. So in heaven, if Jesus says, son, I need you to travel over to that end of the universe, to that specific galaxy on that planet, because we've got some some inhabitants over there who need this truth implemented in their form of government. And would you carry that over there for me? Because I want them to hear this. So when I make my journey over there at the speed of thought, can't wait. Amen. He is with me by, Jesus is with me by the Holy Spirit forever. Because everything that Jesus wants me to say is encapsulated in the Holy Spirit in me to be able to say when I arrive at my destination. What would we be like if we didn't have the Holy Spirit with us? You know, we talk about Jesus being in our hearts and okay, you have the Spirit of Jesus in your heart. The Spirit of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who proceeds from Jesus and grows the fruit of the Spirit or the character of Jesus in us. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus. We don't fully understand this mystery in this natural body we live in. But like the sun that's shining on us today, thank the Lord, the Father is the sun. Jesus is the light that shines, proceeds from the sun. The Holy Spirit is the heat. One sun. 
The Holy Spirit is what I feel and sense. I can feel it touching my body, so to speak. Jesus, I look up, I see the light in the sky, and it illuminates. And I recognize that's what Jesus does. And I feel that heat when it gets really hot. You are created in his image the same way, body, soul, and spirit. The three integrated into one, Father, Son, and Spirit. You are body, soul, and spirit. And the Holy Spirit abides with us forever. And he will teach you all things, Jesus said, and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. See, there can be no heresy where the Holy Spirit is honored, where he is the interpreter of the word. Amen? When he's absent, error and heresy enters because the Holy Spirit is absent. Say, the Holy Spirit is my teacher. So what you know, you know it by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who introduced you to the Savior. You don't just walk up to Jesus on your own. The Spirit of God draws you to him. He fills your heart with his presence, and you're born again. Jesus said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So it's the Holy Spirit who introduces me to Jesus. So let me show you who he is while he's convincing you and convicting you and speaking to you and giving you autocorrect. And you're going, what is, what is that? It's him. sudden he makes you to understand I need a savior I can't fix this I can't erase this I can't buy my way out of it I can't do another good deed to kind of compensate for the bad ones I did yesterday maybe God will let the balance scales level out doesn't work that way either because the wages of sin is death it simply means once I've committed the act, the lie, a sin against the Spirit, a defiance of God's commandment, I'm guilty. There is no human remedy. I can't get out of this. I'm going to face judgment. The Holy Spirit then makes you also to know that, yeah, I'm guilty, but he says, I'm uncomfortable. Stop making me so. No, that's my job to make you uncomfortable because you need to realize you cannot fix this and judgment waits you, but there is a remedy and I can introduce you to the one and only remedy and there are no other remedies. His name is Jesus and he took your place and he took your punishment and he took your guilt and he took what it was that was going to happen to you and paid for it so that your debt is canceled. Now, if I've got anything working up here, the next thing that's going to go through my mind is how fast can I get to this one who will pay my debt? How fast can I get there? Because I want this off my ledger. Amen? See, God the Father finished his work 
after he was done with creation and creates this phenomenal solar system in the middle of this galaxy called the Milky Way. And he builds on this planet an ecosystem that was without form and void. And he creates the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom and then finally his desire, humankind. And he finished his work. And until Adam sinned, God would visit, the Father would visit with Adam daily in the garden. And, and then when sin entered the garden, God stationed an angel there. He withdrew from earth back to heaven. But when he left, he sent his son to do his work. He took on human form and became just like us. He experienced life like we experience it. And when Jesus finished his work, he ascended to heaven. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to abide with us forever. The Holy Spirit revealed Jesus to his church, and he's still here. One day, the Spirit of God's work will also be done, and he will leave. And when the Holy Spirit leaves, we're going with him. And when we leave, Antichrist will appear, and a false Messiah will make himself known and then judgments of God and the justice of God will come on the earth. You see, the church on earth has only known the Holy Spirit. That's all we've ever known. We, none of us have ever seen the Father. None of us has seen the Son. But we know them by the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have heard from the Spirit of God. Now the Lord, Paul writes, is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Lord Jesus is what? The Spirit. In Him we have liberty from sin. And the eternal sentence of judgment is lifted. And who here at Calvary Christian Center want to be reacquainted with the presence of the Holy Spirit? Who desires to live a Spirit-led and a Spirit-filled life? Who desires the presence of the Holy Spirit? Not the lesser member of the Godhead an equal member of the Godhead to come and abide with you and you pay attention to his guidance. And the Lord, he goes on to say, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So we're called to change. We're called to constantly be remade in the image of Christ And who does that work in us? The Lord who is the Spirit makes us, if we're compliant, more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The church in America and Western culture needs to get out of its malaise and start growing and going deeper and embracing the presence of the Lord once again. Amen? Stand to your feet. Let's bless the name of Jesus in this place.